will I be safe and secure? Or is that line of risk that I'm starting to see, that I'm starting to understand when you come up to it, what are you going to do about that line of risk? Will you step across that line? He's been here for every first-person program for over seven years, and today you'll meet this program's producer, Joe Carlson. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. It's true that Joe has edited and produced every program we've done in this series, but like all people, there's a whole lot more to the man than you may know about. We'll hear what's going on in Joe's life in just a moment. Great to have you listening. I encourage you to check out our website for additional information. It's firstpersoninterview.com. There you'll find out who's featured in the weeks ahead. It's all at firstpersoninterview.com. And as always, a special word of thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for supporting this program. You can support FEBC through a gift providing radios in hard-to-reach countries. Learn more and sign up for a free online devotional from FEBC at firstpersoninterview.com. Thanks for visiting us online. Well, I want you to meet radio producer Joe Carlson today, but as you will learn, he's more than one-dimensional with his life's calling. When we sat down to talk, I thanked Joe for being there producing and editing every one of hundreds of first-person interviews. Well, it wasn't just uh, in editing. It was uh, sitting on your back porch and uh, many years ago now, and we were just thinking, what is it that we would want to do if, we'd, if money was no object? What would we do? Money was an object. Well, it wasn't, but it wasn't even like, okay, what do we do with this? And it was like, oh, you go, I really feel called to do interviews and to find out what God is doing. Right. Well, I had done radio interviews for years, but suddenly I was on my own as a freelance person, as we say. Yeah. And I would bump into people like you with a story to tell, and I had no place to take it onto radio. So that's that's yeah. why we decided to create this program, First Person. And uh, I got to be the friend and producer. <laughs> and it's been an amazing ride. There has not been a program that we've done that you haven't produced. That's correct. Which is well over 300. I haven't counted them lately, but it's got to be close yeah. closer to 400 programs. Yeah, we now. have a lot of programs in the archive. Archive, yeah. yeah. In the can, In the can. Say. I was going to say in the can, but that was two in shop. So. <laughs> well, for the uninitiated, let's, let's explain what you do with First Person, first of all. There's, there's a far more important thing you're doing with your life right now. We'll yeah. talk about that in a moment. But with First Person, what, what's the process involved here? Well, the process is that either I help you record or you record an interview uh, digitally, and then that file gets transferred to my computer, and then we go through and do what we call cleanup edits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes we have to take the the program, the content of the interview, shrink it for time so it fits in the format for radio. Yeah. Of course, I never make a mistake, so you never have to Rarely. edit me for any reason, never. right? Ever. Please say so. <laughs> oh, you're, you're a star. <laughs> and uh, then we, uh, we add all the, uh, the announcements, the music, and then we do a final mix. Yeah. But even before a program is recorded, you often help me decide who to talk to and even what to talk about sometimes. I mean, yeah. you're, you're a real producer in that well, sense. Because we both have our nose to the ground. We're bo- both involved in things, and there's people that we meet. We really have uh, worked together as a team for a long time, many years before the creation of First Person. That's right. Um, we, You still are a, a producer. I don't know what the exact title is. Senior producer? I'm, yeah, I'm old enough to be called a senior producer. Uh, legendary producer yeah, at I'm Moody Radio that, in Chicago, that. Moody Bible Institute, Moody Radio, and where I served for many years. You're still there. 
Um, but you do uh, first person on the side. We do some other projects yes. on the side. We've worked with Michael Card through the years. All oh, those were magical days. You know, I, th- I still look back to some of the times at recording at Mole End, and, and some of those sessions were just absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, how it wasn't the it wasn't the content and it wasn't the music. It was seeing how God was at work in people's lives. It was he- hearing that and then them bringing us into that moment. And there were a couple of times I remember when I, it, it couldn't get any better. Hmm. Couldn't hmm. get any better than that. We really did grow spiritually. Yes. Working together yes. on that project, didn't we? Yes. And, and through the years, not just with Michael Carr, but uh, going overseas, <laughs> going We're overseas with some great <laughs> stories, great stories. And uh, many prayer events on radio through the years. Yes. If there's something that I've been able to be a part of in the last decade or so, it's, uh, it's, it's working with the One Cry Prayer Summits, praying for revival and spiritual awakening. Who would have thought the trajectory that that would put us on? Um, because you start praying for God to actually start awakening folk. Okay, awakening th- those folk. <laughs> no, awakening us. Yeah. Who would have thought that it would have been awakening us? Yeah. And then moving from there to here in Chicago, you can't be in the city and not see what's happening with the violence in the yeah, city. You're in the forefront of a prayer movement in the city, yes. which needs it desperately. Yeah, with the, the Pray Chicago events. And here at the Moody Bible Institute, we were doing the Chicago Leaders Prayer Summit, which was a real grassroots, you know, Christian leaders that were frontline folk coming to pray. And when you start praying about the violence in the city with the folk that are seeing it, it's, it, it's no longer academic. Hmm. Well... I wanted you to join us today yeah. on this side of the microphone, <laughs> not to reminisce, as, as fun as that is, yeah. and as grateful yeah. as I am for all the years we've had together, I want to talk about the now and what the Lord has in store for you as we understand it uh, for the future. Because wow. yeah. as I said, you are full-time at Moody Radio yes. in Chicago. Yeah. You have other responsibilities for other radio shows. Uh, you're a husband and father <laughs> and have a busy life, yeah. but God has uh, tapped you on the shoulder for even something newer than all that. A funny thing happened coming away from a prayer meeting, as it were. <laughs> you know, you can't pray about the violence in the city. You can't be praying for awakening without God to start stirring. Mm. I've always had a, a spot in my heart for homeless folk, not because I feel like I'm a crusader for it, but if you take the train into the city of Chicago and you walk the streets from the train station to the Moody Bible Institute, you see homeless folk. And I've gone through the whole cycle of ignore and maybe anger, why are they there, to at some point stop, okay? But how many of us take the time to stop? Right, right. But I I think I've always been even polite on that for many years. Something happened, though, during that whole time. um, We were working through, praying through so many different things, and uh, Wayne... Your program. Our program. Yeah. Working uh, on a, editing a project ab- about a person that had, had felony backgrounds and how difficult that was for him. Hmm. And it's just like, oh, like, like all of a sudden something opened up. I could see something that I never saw before, that maybe somebody on a, the wrong side of the law or going through something that I need to see them. Okay, see them as a person. That's a totally different deal than trying to figure everything out, but just seeing them as a person. 
I think that that was like the planting of a seed Hmm. or the seed was planted in a prayer meeting and this was some water. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. Several months later, I'm at my church and a person that I know just as an acquaintance pulls me aside. And so they just want you to know that uh, I've spent eight and a half years in prison. I am trying to find a job and all this stuff. And I'm not asking for anything. I just wanted you to know. And I remember thinking, this is my time. Hmm. I'm not going to run. I remember standing there hearing that. And, and that was like not just uh, 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 some water to the seed. I think that was some fertilizer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it really and sped th- up the process for you, didn't it? Yeah. And that just put put me on a different trajectory, yeah. completely different trajectory. But I don't moment. want to skip over the fact that back on the issue of walking to and from the train in downtown Chicago every day, mm-hmm. you would stop and interact yeah. with the homeless. Yeah. What What were you saying? What were they asking? What did, What were you able to do? You know, usually I would just, you know, early on you just think, oh, here, you know, I would stop, see how you're doing. I would just give them a dollar, just thinking like a tip almost. I don't know. At one point though, Wayne, there was a guy that had a sign and I remember looking down, and it was just one word on the sign, and it said, alone. Oh. oh. Okay? And I'd seen so much of this kind of stuff, and I'd go, oh, alone. And I was walked, I kept walking. I had a train to catch. About 50 feet away from him, it was like, God got He said, did you see the sign? It said, alone. I mean, there was no voice, but you know, it was mm-hmm. like you have that mm-hmm. thought just go, the sign yeah. said, alone. Yeah. And I couldn't keep walking. I had to turn around. And so I turn around, there's this guy, he's on, sitting down, and I get down low, and I said, your sign says alone. Why does it say alone? And he began to tell me. Okay, and I've, I, I would, at this point, I don't touch homeless people, but at some point, this guy's telling me, and I said, well, can I pray for you? And I put my hand on the guy's shoulder. Wait, this is not me. I'm a risk aversion guy. It's like, do not know. There's a space. You know, I'm a radio guy. You know, give me, you give me a, a quiet studio kind of thing. I'm praying for this guy on the street. And I remember walking away from there just thinking, this is, who, who am I becoming? Hmm. And, and so that's kind of unlocked the door. Next thing you know, I'm starting to talk with other homeless guys. And next thing you know, I'm not just, you know, visiting yeah. at certain times. I'm praying for them. But it was yeah. just your, your simple act of kindness to stop and ask that question. Yeah. Why do you feel alone? Yeah. And then that, they tell their other buddies. Next thing you know, I meet their buddies. And next thing you know, there's, there's people that you right. start visiting. So that's stage one. Stage one. Of, of God tapping you on the shoulder, yeah. putting his hand there, and asking you to stop and listen yeah. and interact. And I know we're going to have to skip a lot here. But there was something that happened even after that. Yeah. Sometimes when you work with the, some of these guys, uh, one of them in particular uh, was arrested. And I heard that he had been taken to Cook County Jail, and I didn't know what to do. Okay. So I started asking friends, consulting help. What do I do? And they said, you need to talk to uh, Corey Buchanan at Chicago and Prison Outreach. And, and then some other folk just said, why don't you just go and visit at Cook County Jail? <laughs> and I was like... Oh, okay. So I figured out how to find him, where he was, how to go and visit. And I went and visited him. Had you ever been in a jail before? Uh, Yes, I had. I mean, we had done Angola Prison for uh, Moody Radio. Mm -hmm. I had done stuff when I was in high school. Okay. Um, And so... But it still uh, had to be intimidating for it to be... Cook yeah. County. You don't have yeah. to be from Chicago. Yeah. Understand Cook County Jail sounds like an intimidating place. Yes. And... um, but I was in there. I visited with this man, 
I remember walking out thinking, why am I not afraid of this place? I just had the thought. It's like, well, I, I just kept going out the door. I don't remember how soon it was after that, but I remember getting a phone call or a visit with Corey Buchanan with Chicagoland Prison Outreach. And he was like, we'd like to have you become one of our volunteers. What do you think? And I was already a very busy man. And uh, I remember it took a long time. Katie and I, my wife, we were praying through this. What do we do about this? Is this the right direction to go? We said yes. And that was a direction that is absolutely amazing. And we'll learn more about the turn that Joe's life has taken. Our guest, Joe Carlson, today on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. We've produced a number of storytelling videos of God at work in the lives of FEBC listeners living in difficult circumstances. To see these videos and to be encouraged in God's Word, please visit firstpersoninterview.com and sign up for our 30-day online devotional. It's easy and there's no obligation. You will love seeing and hearing stories of people's lives being saved through the gospel message. Go to firstpersoninterview.com. At the end of every First Person program, you always hear me say, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson. Well, Joe Carlson is the guest today here. Are you going to produce still, this program? And I'm still the friend. Well, yeah, I think so. Are you going to edit be, yourself? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be kind of creepy to do that. <laughs> but yeah. Seriously, thanks for being a part of this program today, Joe. Wow. We're talking about how God is leading you, has led you, and is leading you yeah. in a ministry. You're still very much involved in radio, at Moody Radio, and other places as well. But um, because you started interacting with the homeless on the street, one thing led to another, yeah. and suddenly you find yourself inside Cook County Jail. Yeah. Pick it up there. Well, I started working in the hospital wing called CERMAC, and Corey Buchanan uh, brought me in. I, I, I studied with him, uh, ment- was mentored with him. Corey and, was on this program yeah, at one Corey time on because the, you yeah. suggested yes, him. Yeah. Yes, and uh, we were into it, and then Corey said, I have to be away. I think you can do this. And I remember, oh, man, I remember the first time walking in there by myself. I mean, I had my badge. I'd been in there. I knew how the system and how to get in. But it was just like, oh, my word, I'm going in by myself. Well, describe what it's like. It's it's not individual cells, is it? No, no. And it was, uh, you'd go into what they call a day room where where the guys would be out at certain times. And we would do a Bible study. Well, Corey was doing the Bible study. And so it was my time to do Bible study. And... I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit tells you what to say in the hour you need it. I came prepared, but I've done enough radio. I knew that people like to interact, and so um, we would do some teaching. I said, well, what would you guys think about this? And we would start interacting. It was electric. <laughs> and then a couple weeks into it, I was teaching in, uh, in Mark's Gospel where it talked about Jesus went as a shepherd. He saw that the people were like sheep without a shepherd. So that was the passage we were studying in Mark's gospel. Bible study was just so powerful, and it was time to go. I got in the elevator, was leaving the building. I get to the first floor, the door opens up, and Wayne, it was like a, it was like a TV ER drama when the door opens. It was a guy on a gurney, and there were officers and the staff and medical, and it was just like all these and I, I didn't even know if I could walk out the elevator mm. I was just stunned 
But I said, well, I got to leave. So I just tried to, and no one stopped me. They were just all kind of moving for me to get through. And I got through that gnarl of people in crisis and standing in the main lobby where I sign out were two guys um, cuffed and just standing. And they started calling to me. Are you a chaplain? Are you a father? Are, are you a minister? And I kept thinking, no, I'm, you know, I don't know what I am, you know? I didn't know what to say to them. And I said, I don't know, I just got to sign out. That's like, that's, and they kept saying, can you pray for us? Can oh, you pray for us? Wow. And I remember thinking, you know, where's Corey now? I don't know if I'm allowed to. I've, I'm out of my league. What am I supposed to do? But I just thinking, I need to go pray for these guys. I didn't know what, the, I didn't know their names. I didn't know what their needs were. I didn't know anything, anything. But I just remember thinking, let me just pray for it. And the words, what we just were talking about in Bible study, Jesus, can you be a good shepherd for these guys? Hmm. So you were hooked by the spirit. I remember saying amen and walking out of that spot, going through the security check. And I remember thinking something happened. I'm not the same person. Hmm. Wow. I don't know what that's going to look like. I just, something happened there. I walk past that security point all the time. And sometimes when the elevator opens and I'm in the same spot and I go to the, it's like something happened there. Joe, it's amazing how God has led you into this and, and in a way so unexpected. Oh yeah. Who would have thought? I tell, I tell folks, I, you know, over the years I've mentored lots of guys here at Moody yeah, students and people that come by my office. And, and I tell folk now, it's like, I don't think I would have changed anything in the last 30-some years here at Moody. But who would have known how the dots and how the fabric would have been woven together? Yeah. And if you would have told me 30-some years ago when we started full-time at Moody, this is what you're going to be doing <laughs> and these are the folk that have helped build the path and, and even some of those programs that you engineered and recorded or some of the people you met or some of the concepts you talked about are, are all going to get filed away. And now there's a period of time, and who knows how long this window of time is, but here we are in this period of time where I get to walk into Cook County Jail, sit with folk, start hearing their stories, interact with their questions. What kind of questions do they bring to the conversation? Oh, I'll tell you. They want to know about forgiveness. Understandable. They want to know about the identity of Jesus. Uh, they want to know about suffering. Um, they want to know, can my life be different? So they're not looking to get something from you in any sense of the word except just well, sometimes Bible I'm able to and encouragement, yeah, I'm, right? Well, sometimes I'm able to bring Bibles in for them and some other reading materials that you know are approved. But for the most part... I, I teach the word of God and, and, and I listen to folk and I, and I tell them, you know, this is, what, this is the hard thing you got to tell folk. Um, I say, sometimes the trouble you find yourself in is God's calling card for you to find him. Hmm. Why is that? I can say that. It's because, well, you know, we've, my family, we've gone through hardship. Everybody yeah. goes through hardship. What do you find through that? Do you, you can either become bitter or you can find out that this is God moving, shaping beating up the ground, pulverizing it, tenderizing it so the soil is ready for that word to get planted deep. And when you start talking that way to folk and you say, well, tell me what's going on. You're like, Next thing you know, you can, you can mm. hear where that seed has an opportunity to get planted. Do you have evidence that it works once they leave jail? 
Uh, the Ministry of Chicago Land Prison Outreach in Chicago does several things with folk uh, post-incarceration. One of those, the big things that they do is this welding program okay. where they train guys and gals. So it's good vocational, vocational training. Vocational training yeah. and uh, life training, Bible training. And it is exciting to see a graduation of guys going and gals doing, going through that. And this happens through Chicagoland Prison, Prison Outreach. Outreach. That's the ministry that I'm connected with. Website today. is? Uh, cpoministries.org. And we'll put a link, as you know, yes. on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Yes. Yeah. You know, the other thing that the ministry does um, with guys that uh, have families and issues on the outside, um, our ministry will have a, group, a ministry called... Um, Angels of Hope, where churches that are trained and prepared will provide encouragement, support uh, to uh, families of inmates, which is so powerful. Um, At Thanksgiving time, they'll send uh, Thanksgiving baskets. At Christmas time, they deliver gifts to the families and the kids of inmates in the Chicago area. Oh, my word. It's so powerful. Well, Joe, calling is one of our main themes of this weekly radio interview. You know that better than anybody. Yeah. What have you learned about calling, and and what would you say to listeners who are coming to grips with God's call in their life? Yeah. I almost think that everybody that you've talked to about calling has at some point had the security question mark brought up. Will I be safe and secure? Or is that line of risk that I'm starting to see, that I'm starting to understand when you come up to it, what are you going to do about that line of risk? Will you step across that line? The line of risk was a homeless guy sitting on the street with an alone sign. Will I even put my hand on him and pray for him? I think a line of risk before that is being willing to pray, Lord, awaken my heart to start seeing the world the way you see it. No, to see you the way I need to see you. All those lines of risk are part of calling. And even if I don't understand where it's going to take me, I'm stepping out. And he doesn't call without equipping you. There's many times where I feel as I'm walking in, who's this bald middle-aged guy walking into this? (laughs) I have no cool. I have a Bible. But when I walk in, I, I have a a series of prayers, and one of the prayers I said, Heavenly Father, I'm, I'm going where I'm not supposed to be, but I'm headed where I'm called to go. And then I say, Jesus, you got to be my good shepherd. you got to guide me to the guys and gals I need to see. Who is it that I need to see? Let me know when I'm seeing them that they're the one I'm supposed to see. And Holy Spirit, in the hour I need it, you got to tell me what to say. Because I don't know what to say. What a great friend and producer and jail chaplain, Joe Carlson. I hope you've enjoyed this visit with my behind-the-scenes friend here today. Be sure to stop by our website when you're online. It's firstpersoninterview.com, where you can find out what's coming up over the next few weeks. Also join us online at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Your support of the Far East Broadcasting Company makes these conversations possible, and I'd like to introduce you to our 30-day online devotional, which will tell you just a few stories of the millions of people touched with the gospel through FEBC. With this devotional, you'll be inspired by each day's story, coupled with scripture, and it will lift your heart in worship and give you a glimpse of God at work in a difficult-to-reach place. You can sign up and receive the FEBC devotional automatically at firstpersoninterview.com. Now, with thanks to the man you heard today, my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. 
inviting you to join us next time for First Person.